As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I wonder if it's more just trial by fire. You want to do this thing and that's yeah. all, you, you know, you just make yeah. it happen. You just find a way to make it happen. I love that. Welcome to Cultivating the Lovely. I'm your host, Mackenzie Coppa. You can find out more about the podcast at cultivatingthelovely.com, in our Yellow Brick Road membership community at patreon.com slash cultivatingthelovely, and in our Facebook group. I would also love to connect with you on Instagram, where you can find me at Mackenzie Coppa. That's M-A-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E-K-O-P-P-A. Hey, ladies, we have a special little treat on the podcast today, something we don't do too terribly much of anymore, and that's talk about homeschooling, because I'm not a homeschooler anymore. But the resource that today's guest has to offer, I think, can be used by any parent who's wanting to see the value in nature study and how to make it much more doable. Joy Cherick has these beautiful studies that she has created that are so simple, so straightforward, and so quick that anyone can do it, especially if you're looking for something to do with your kids through those summer months where you want to be able to connect and get outdoors in a little bit more purposeful way. I think they're really well done. And she has some beautiful things to say about why nature study is important. It's a really interesting conversation that I think goes even beyond just nature study. We talk a lot about truth and that sort of thing. I think you're going to like it. So stay tuned. Even if you're not a homeschooler, I think that you will find some good stuff packed in this episode. As a quick aside, I also just wanted to say I have been getting so excited lately because I've been talking with a few key people in my life who are giving me really great advice and direction and inspiration. And we have really been sitting down and brainstorming what Cultivating the Lovely is going to look like in the future, what we're going to offer, what's going to be in Patreon. We're going to add a couple other pretty big things to the Cultivating the Lovely platform that I am very excited about. So I can't share what they are just yet, but I just wanted you guys to get as excited as I am because we are going to basically be doing a rebranding at the start of season five this coming fall. So all this summer, you might be getting some little sneak peeks of things here and there as I'm on Instagram and that sort of thing. So if you want to be in the know of what is going on, then you might want to be following me on Instagram at Mackenzie Kappa. I love connecting with you guys over there. It is my very favorite 
place to connect with you guys because it's so immediate. I get your feedback right away and can respond to you really easily. It's so much fun. Come over and join the fun on Instagram at Mackenzie Coppa. Also, the people who are probably going to get the very first idea of what is happening with Cultivating the Lovely are my lovely patrons. There's a bunch of different levels that you can get involved with, but I would really love for you to come and join that group of lovely women we have over there at patreon.com slash cultivating the lovely. You can find out more about what's going on. And if you just get in there, we're going to be updating the site over the summer and doing a big launch for fall, but you'll get to hear little snippets here and there. And I'm hoping to bring more live video in this summer as well. So if you want to get involved with that, come over to patreon.com slash cultivating the lovely. All right, now let's jump into this episode with Joy Cherick. Welcome, Joy. Thank you for having me on, Mackenzie. I'm so excited to have you today. I know that this topic that we're going to be talking about today is one that people are usually really interested in, and I felt like it was a good time of year to have you on to talk about nature study. But before we get there, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes. My name is Joy Cherick. I am a homeschooling mother of six. I use the Charlotte Mason method as I classically home educate my kiddos. My oldest is almost 10 and my youngest is 10 months. Oh, I have wow. th- three girls and three boys. So it's very, we're very linear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So you can find me at naturestudyhacking.com. That is where I sell my nature study hacking series. Right now I have stars and skies and trees. And you can also find me at, or on Instagram at Joy Cherick. And there I just post a little bit about what we're doing in our homeschool day and all my Charlotte Mason ideas and loveliness comes out there and lots of pictures of babies and toddlers. (laughs) That's fun. That's yeah, fun. you have a very a pretty, a fun, fun little Instagram for people to be able to to follow. And I think it's so great when we can have like Instagram to show like the real practicality of like how you make it happen and that sort of thing. It's really easy to get a curriculum in your hands and be like, well, but how does this really play out in real life? Right. So. Yeah. And actually, <laughs> as I've talked to real moms and actually starting to speak to people in real life other than finding mothers on the internet that are doing mm-hmm. this school of philosophy. I find that nobody does it exactly how yeah. they say. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you tweak it. That's great. Okay. Yeah. Me yeah. too. <laughs> it's definitely helpful for moms to know they have that grace and that freedom to make a curriculum work for them. For right. sure. Yeah. And what I love, I mean, we're going to talk more a, a lot about your nature study stuff today, obviously, but I just have to say right off the get-go, it's beautiful. <laughs> I really love your website and the design of your covers and everything. It's just so like sleek and clean, and there's just something that's so simple about it that really appeals to the senses. I think you've done a fantastic job with the design. Well, thank you so much. I did... Um, have a background in graphic design. Ah. It was really fun to be able to utilize. I kind of pulled that skill out of the deep, deep yeah. of my body. Yeah. And, um, it was really fun to do that. But I also really love some of the older art. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of really cool vintage art out there. So I wanted to kind of combine the modern ideas with mm-hmm. some of the older concepts that are simple, um, yeah. especially where, where nature study comes in. So yeah. I was 
really happy. So thank you so much. But yeah, it was really fun to be able to do that and get the website up and just kind of see how I can use some of the skills that I have in this of life that I don't really get to use regularly. Yeah, Uh, It was fun to be able to dust off the old. Yeah. That's so fun. I think that I very much had that same kind of experience. I mean, my oldest is now 13. So like a couple of years (laughs) ahead Mm -hmm. of you, but you get to that point where you're like, okay, I've been a mom for a decade. I, I really kind of just want to do something that I had prepared for in my life or like I, that I had learned you, you, I mean, not that mothering isn't amazing and wonderful. Of course it is, but there's that little part of you that you're kind of going, okay, I want to do something that I like, I know how to do other than the momming thing. Well, I, I heard a mom say one time, you know, you have to sometimes put things on hold. And I think that there's an element of truth to that, but I also, I love everything about Elizabeth Elliot and her writings. Mm. And she talks a lot about God, use me, like use every element of who I am at every moment. So this idea of being surrendered to the Lord and saying, okay, well right now, let me see how I can use my gifts and abilities to bless not only my family, but my friends and my community as well. So this kind of, this project was an overflow of some of the things that were already happening in my community, but also some of the ways that I was just cultivate my own um, skills. And I've got a few women, older women who have large families that are in my church and they also write. And one of them said to me, I was like, how did you write all these books? And she has written a ton of biographies about famous musicians and famous people. Um, she actually wrote that uh, Isaac Newton book that they recommend on the Ambleside. Um, oh, fun. One of the things. Anyway, so she said she just would sit down for 15 minutes a day. Wow. And just... What she could get done, she would do, and what she couldn't, she would just get up and leave, you know, and then just come to it the next time. So I kind of took that attitude of, oh, well, I'm just going to sit down and write what I can when I'm a, when I have time. Mm -hmm. And it's, it wasn't a lot of time at first. And then there was a month there that I was able to get all of the graphics done and the website and all of that. But that was a very unique season in our family. But otherwise it's, here a little, there a little, you know, just yeah. precept upon precept, line yeah. upon line type of idea. Yeah. And I, I so admire, I mean, I've been there too. I'm, I'm very blessed to now be able to a lot of times have a little bit larger chunks of time to be working in because man, that is so hard. Like for mamas who do that to even get your brain to that place that you needed to be to like make the thoughts function to put something down. It's a skill. Like I, I'm endlessly impressed by that. Well, I, I wonder if it's more just trial by fire. You just have yeah. to, it, it's just, you want to do this thing and that's yeah. all you, you know, you just make yeah. it happen. You just find a way to make it happen. I love that. Yeah. I think that it's amazing for women to be doing that. Like you were talking about, and are you familiar with Sally Clarkson? I am, yes. She, you know, started her, um, the conferences that she would do and all that sort of thing when her kids were still fairly young and her writing when, you know, they, she still had 
a very little one when she started her writing. And I've always admired how she incorporated the kids into it. And it was a way of teaching them like, yes, obviously you kids are important to me, but God has other things he wants me to be doing as well and other ways that he wants me to be working. And she definitely brought them alongside her for that. They would work the conferences and that sort of thing. But I think it's also important for our kids to realize the world doesn't revolve around them. You know, there, God has big things for each of us to be doing. I think it's an important lesson for our kids mm. to see their mothers working at other things that God has for them as well. That in itself is a lesson. Well, I love, I love that idea. And I love to think of ourselves as standing on our front porches with our arms around our children, looking out into the world and saying, Mm -hmm. this is the way that we're going and let us serve these people in this way. So as we were getting, as I was getting ready uh, for this podcast, my, I'm actually at my mom's house. My husband's home with my kids. And my husband was like, like one of my kids was like, well, where are you going? And my (laughs) husband was kind of explaining, you know, she's going to record a podcast. And isn't that cool? And I was just going to brush it off. Yeah. I'm leaving. But I realized that how important is it just to let them know what I'm doing and that I have a little just something else outside of them. And yeah. my daughter got so excited. My mom is writing a book. And of yeah. course, you know, it's, it's a lesson plans, a booklet, you know, it's yeah. not um, hundreds and hundreds of pages. But <laughs> anyway, she, she just got so proud that, yeah. oh, look what my mom did. <laughs> I think that's so. really important. And it, it just, yeah, it shows them that we can be used in big ways, even when we have a lot of other things going on. And I think it's important to, I, I don't know about you, but I know that when I was growing up, I felt like my mom kind of like, I mean, she definitely put herself on the back burner as all moms have to do. But sometimes in a way that I felt like she made less of herself to me, that I think that when I was younger, maybe I didn't show her as much respect as I should have or could have because she didn't show me like how amazing she was or the things that she could do. Yeah. And I wonder if there's a dance for moms where Mm -hmm. it's just, we, we do do that. We do need to pour out ourselves and forget some of our, let some of those dreams die. That's, that's okay. But I wonder too, if there's also this element that we can, it's gotta be, there's gotta be a balance of being able to also um, use some of our gifts and abilities. But I don't know that we can't use all our gifts and abilities even within our home. I think it starts to bleed over into our community. Yeah, no, I agree. I definitely think that a lot of things for moms, especially moms who are just in the trenches, you know, I'm, and I want to make it really clear. Obviously I'm not saying that one way is better than another or any of that, but moms, I've been, I've been in that place where you're, you are the homeschooling mom, you are the stay-at-home mom. That is everything that your world is. And it's, I think that it is so important though, like you're saying, it starts there, but then things bloom out of that because you learn so many lessons and, and you want to share other things with other people. I mean, I, I did that, especially I think when you're a homeschooler is you are in that world and you find those those tips and those tricks and those hacks, like what your stuff is. And you realize like, this could be, this could make other people's lives easier. 
and, yes. and you want to share it right. with them. Right. Yeah. Which is something I really love about, I mean, I've looked at a lot of different nature study things over the years. I've had some different nature study people on the show. I, I, you know, you, there are so many resources out there for nature study. What I really love about yours is yes, the design is beautiful and simple, but it's really truly reflective of the content that you have within your nature studies that it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to take a long time every day. Like, I feel like you do a very good job of laying it out step by step in a way that makes it accessible for families who have a lot of kids or don't have much time. Um, I think that in that way, it can be a resource very easily used by non-homeschooling parents as well as, you know, I now am a non-homeschooling parent, but I know that a lot of like my kids probably aren't getting nature study necessarily at school in this go out and experience nature kind of way. And you've done a really good job of distilling that down. Okay, ladies, I want to get personal for a second and talk about a topic that I think a lot of us really need more of in our life, and that's counseling. I have found counseling to be so beneficial, especially in the past year and a half, to just help me sort through things, be able to get out the things that are on my chest and help get a little bit of guidance for what steps to take moving forward, help to get back that joy that I was wanting in my life, and and all kinds of other things, dealing with trauma, but sometimes it can be really hard hard, especially as a mom, to set aside that time to be able to get a sitter and go to counseling and that sort of thing. And that's why I'm so excited about BetterHelp. BetterHelp is a site and an app. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. So BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And you can start communicating in under 24 hours. There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's counselor network, which may not be locally available in many areas. You can even get faith-based counselors. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule those weekly video or phone sessions so you never have to go sit in a waiting room or find a babysitter. You can just sneak off into the bathroom if you need to. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. So you can visit betterhelp.com lovely and join over 500,000 people, including myself, taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. There's no shame in it. It's actually an amazing thing to do for yourself. And cultivating the lovely listeners get 10% off their first month. So just go to betterhelp.com lovely, get that 10% off and start that journey towards feeling better about your life and addressing any issues that you might be dealing with. It came out of deep necessity for my own homeschool and mm-hmm. that I really wanted to have a plan. I was pregnant with our sixth child. Mm-hmm. I was mostly on bed rest. I could yeah. not really walk across the room very oh well. <laughs> you know, it was it was physically just a really hard pregnancy. And then I'm still trying to get homeschool done. So I'm like mm-hmm. on the couch trying to check math or whatever. And then I'm going back to my room at rest time and like laying down. But of course my mind was still engaged, but my body was just gestating. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
I started planning. So I had the baby in July. So I had that last kind of term of school mm-hmm. where I was starting to do my planning, trying to get ready for a baby. And then I wanted our next school year to be really just on autopilot, just mm-hmm. do itself basically. Mm-hmm. And I was working together with one of my uh, friends locally that I really see as a coworker. She has five children and we're kind of similar stages and we kind of look each other's lesson plans over for the next year and really collaborate on a lot of things. It's really been fun to have somebody else who's right there who can do a peer review. Yeah. Yeah. So she and I had decided to go ahead and select three topics for nature study for the following year. And I was like, oh, well, since we've already selected these, what I want to do is train my children how to also get in the habit of using a nature journal. And I'll use Anna Comstock in her um, Handbook of Nature Study book has different the different sections. And of course, Ambleside Online uses a nature study rotation Mm -hmm. that we were following at the time. And if you just, so for instance, trees was one of them. Mm -hmm. And she has a progression on how you get through trees, like how you teach how to study this. And I thought, oh, wouldn't it be wonderful to just have already decided what nature journal entries we're going to make. Obviously we're studying trees. I have a book that I'm going to do. And I just whittled it down to the daily exercises. And that kind of came out of, I was doing daily independent lists for my kids but I was handwriting them and I always want it to be one or two lines, no longer than that. So if you notice in the lessons, they're all like really, really short. Mm -hmm. And because as I was writing them, I was trying to think of how can I say this in the fewest words where my children will actually read them? Yeah. Because one of the problems is my kids don't read their like instructions. Yeah. Particularly with math for some reason. (laughs) I hear you there. And I was like, okay, well, let me try to just whittle this down. So I wanted it to be able for them to read it themselves if if they had to. Um, So it kind of grew out of that. And then as we tested it that following year and I had other friends using it, it was like, I think we're onto something. This is really useful. This is mm-hmm. so simple. And it was actually getting done. Yeah. We, were, we were able to read our stories, but then we were also getting in the habit of using our journals, which I had always struggled with. I've been trying mm-hmm. to get our, us to use our journals for four or five years, and yeah. it was always sporadic. And I think a lot of it is because I wasn't trained on using a nature journal by, you know, the, the women in the Charlotte Mason schools were, they had all this training and Charlotte Mason is teaching them and they're at this teacher training school and it's lovely, but we don't have access to that. So we kind of have need to create some sort of a training program for ourselves, Mm -hmm. um, which was why, again, I kind of came up with this thinking, I want my children by fourth or fifth grade to be able to already be in the habit so I can start handing over the reins mm-hmm. in in this area. But they have yeah. to be trained. You can't yeah. just say, here's a nature journal, start drawing in it. No, that's too, it's too big of a yeah. task. Yeah. 
So we just have really enjoyed, again, the simplicity of it and the regularity has been really mm-hmm. wonderful. And then, of course, as I've shared it with others, their feedback has been, oh, I, I wasn't doing nature study at all. Yeah. I, I didn't even, you know, I was so intimidated by it. But the book, the guides were able to tell me exactly what to do. So now I know how to do it. And one of my friends yeah. was like, it's just so simple. It's just yeah. <laughs> so yeah. straightforward. But I think that when, you know, the idea of nature study is thrown out there, it sounds so idealistic. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, it's Charlotte Mason. Like you were saying, like they were trained, but we hear this idea, something that most of us didn't grow up with. We weren't you know, really aware of or why it's a good idea or how to do it. And it sounds wonderful. And you see pictures of beautiful nature journals and all of that, but it just feels almost untouchable. And it feels like this, this extra thing on top of all these other basic things that you're trying to get into your kids. And it's really hard to access. And I love, like, I mean, I was looking at it before I, you know, came in here to record with you. And like, there's one day where you just say like, okay, go out to your tree. Does your bark go like, which way does your bark go? And then draw a three by three box on your nature journal and draw the bark. And it was like, okay, like that, you can do that. And it's not going to take you all day. You don't have to do a lot of setup. Like it's so basic, but also very impactful. Like, oh, of course, of course you need to do that. But when that's, it's not like a list of 15 things. Okay. Now do now draw this and now do that. You know, that can be really (laughs) overwhelming for not only the kids, but for you as a mom, as you're trying to, you know, navigate everybody and keeping everybody on task when it's just that one thing a day, that's an important little piece. I think that it's able to be more effective over time. Yeah. And what's interesting. So when I was doing my research in my bed rest condition. I borrowed a ton of books. I have a friend who has a huge living library that she lends books out of, and she's been homeschooling for 25 years. So she's got quite the collection. So I borrowed a ton of stuff from her, and I also went to her local library. And I just wanted to know, okay, what do people put in a nature notebook? What what are the options? Because in the Charlotte Mason community, we mostly see watercolor mm-hmm. drawing or watercolor and a little bit of pencil. And for my children, six, seven, and eight years old, first of all, I really don't enjoy painting with my children. It's a huge production. The toddler always gets into stuff and yeah. I can't sit there long enough to orchestrate the whole thing. Yeah. So that has been something that my mom is actually teaching my older students, like one or two children at a time, how to use paint. Yeah. So then I just haven't had to do that at my home. But what I did was I just said, let's just use pencils, guys. Yeah. And let's find all the different ways that we can enter our ideas into a nature notebook because different things are going to appeal to different children. So Theodore Roosevelt was a really um, fantastic naturalist. And he, as a child, kept notebooks and he would keep scientific books and he would record the measurements of little animal skeletons that he would catch and he learned taxidermy, but he would record Mm -hmm. all of these into his 
nature journal, basically. Yeah. And he called it the like the the Rose the Roosevelt um, Museum of Natural History or whatever, <laughs> you know, as a child. Yeah. And I just I so I had these different inklings of these other people using nature journals in different ways. So that was where, when I started doing research, I found, oh, you don't have to only draw a watercolor, which is really frustrating for a six-year-old to do, but they can, you know, draw the earthworm shape and then they can color it in or they can trace something Mm -hmm. uh, from a simple, a simplified drawing um, how to draw almost everything is a book that I recommend in the back. Um, mm. it's just such a great book and it's got a ton of nature. Let's see. Who's that by? I don't know how to say her name correctly. Chia or Chai, Chai, Chaika Mayata. See, it's terrible. Okay. But anyway, how to draw yeah, almost everything. <laughs> in the show notes so people can find it easily. It's, it's so great again for that early elementary child just trying to figure out how to draw a cheetah or a dog or whatever. Um, And so then I started realizing, oh, we can do maps. That would be really fun. So my kids drew maps of our our property. Like where's your, you know, where's your favorite, the tree that you're studying, where is it on our property? Yeah. So then that, you know, they drew their playground and the house and it was fun to see what they thought was important to include in the map. And then it also, there was other ways you, you can just talk about the weather. It was cold. Yeah. It was damp. Um, you know, there were birds or there were little ants cl- climbing up. You know, there's these descriptions yeah. that you can also incorporate or using the five senses. Anyway, I could go on, but I just loved that there were so many different ways to do a nature journal entry that I thought, you know, I want to just expose them to lots yeah. of, to the options so that as they get older, they'll have the skills in order to use the journal on their own. Now, maybe they'll use it in their adult life. Maybe they won't, mm-hmm. but I want them to have that as an option. Yeah. And I think that when they're exposed to it as young kids, it makes it so much easier and accessible to do it and feel like it's not this overwhelming thing. I mean, I know for myself, I've thought like, oh, it would be cool to keep a nature journal. But when you've never really done it or you didn't do it as a kid, it does feel like, well, where do I even begin? It's overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. But when you've exposed them to it when they're little, it just feels like, oh, that's that's a normal thing. Right. Well, and so I'm just going to read a little bit from um, Anna Comstock's Handbook of Nature Study. She has this beautiful quote that talks about what really, it just underscores more eloquently yeah. uh, what we're talking about. Nature Study, she says, cultivates in the child a love of the beautiful. It brings to him early a perception of color, form, and music. He sees whatever there is in his environment, whether it be the thunderhead piled up in the western sky or the golden flash of the oriole in the elm, whether it be the purple of the shadows on the snow or the azure glint uh, on the wing of the butterfly. Also, what there is of sound he hears. He reads the music score of the bird orchestra, separating each part and knowing which bird sings it. Hmm. And the pattern of the rain, the gurgle of the brook, the sighing of the wind in the pine, he notes and loves and becomes enriched thereby. 
Hmm. Isn't that beautiful? She just pulls in how not only does nature study is good to do because it's beautiful, but then the orchestra, the color and form. She's kind of pulling all these ideas of art and music. Yeah. And really that kind of would lead us into the discussion about why nature Mm -hmm. study is even worthy of our time when we have so much pressure on our on us as parents in this culture and this mm-hmm. time to focus on really more utilitarian mm-hmm. um you know how can they make money with this this isn't really useful or you know let's focus more on science and ma- yeah. like science in a you know you could say that this is science yeah um, but, but science more in a deconstruction. Yeah, not right. in an appreciation type of way. Well, and what's interesting is, I don't know if you read Karen Glass's book, Consider This, but in that book, she talks about the modern mind deconstructing and really overanalyzing and breaking apart our world. And mm-hmm. we're always wanting to take things down to their parts. And what's not helpful about that is that we haven't started with looking at something as a whole. Yeah. So you don't want to look at the apple as, you know, mush and pulp and seed and stem and leaf. It's like, no, let's look at the apple. Let's enjoy the apple. Let's not, um, you know, don't want to break it into those parts first. Um, well, I think sure it's fun, Oh, I was just going to say, you saying that, it reminds me of how we really have distilled people down, even in our culture <laughs> right now, yeah. to the specific things you believe on every other issue. And it's almost like you can't appreciate a person for just being a person worthy of love and kindness if they don't meet you point for point. And then you get to this point where you can't even have a discussion with someone because you don't see them for the overall person that they are. You only see them for all these specific little points about them. And then that just breaks people apart even farther. We love people. People, we are to be loving. We're not to say, look at them for just this isolated idea that probably was taken out of context anyway. Yeah. Well, and I just think that it breaks down relationship and the, any, any basis to be able to have a productive conversation about the things you don't agree with if you come at it from the parts first instead right. of the person as a whole. That kind of moves us over to that conversation that in our culture has had about truth, this idea that truth is relative and what's true mm-hmm. for one isn't true for another. And that's kind of this, um, one of the great philosophers said that. I can't remember if it was Socrates or Aristotle. Um, But in nature study, what we're able to do is start to practice really the idea of saying what is true. And then Mm -hmm. that gives us also that power to express truth by retelling. So a game that Charlotte Mason talks about in home education is to send children the mother's out with the children in a field, say, and the mother may say, well, go over to that clump of trees over there and look around and just study it, see what you can find, and then come back and tell me what you saw. And so the children, again, in this 
situation, mm-hmm. run off, you know, and then come back and then they tell what is true. What, well, how we've used that same game is to describe things. Okay. I'm going to describe a, a tree and I want to see if you guys can tell me what kind of tree I'm describing. You know, so that's kind of a, um, a difficult challenge for the, for the person doing the description. Yeah. Trying to describe, okay, how can I make sure that they know that this is a cherry tree yeah. and not, you know, an oak tree? Um, or maybe not even that specific, maybe just more kind of like an I spy. Mm -hmm. Um, so the kid, anyway, so it's been really a fun practice to get the children engaged in retelling what they see. Of course, this goes back to narration that Charlotte Mm -hmm. Mason does, but this is again, a, uh, earlier elementary, you can even do this before they even start school. Um, you know, let's go out in the field and they'll tell me what you saw, you know, and again, that's practicing truth telling. Yeah. We don't, we, we just don't value the importance of that as much, but it is important for us to say, no, that is blue. Yes. It's just, that's just the color that it is. Blue does not turn pink. Yes. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with you. And I think when we're teaching them to be observant and to see truth, it's not creating a harsh way of going about it. It's creating it in a loving and beautiful way to be able to say, no, I don't believe this because I'm wanting to be mean. I'm believing it because blue is blue. Right. That's just the way it is. Ladies, one of the number one things saving my life right now and making my life so much simpler and less panic-ridden and less decisions that I have to make off the cuff is Plan to Eat. You've heard me talk about it before because I love Plan to Eat. I've been using Plan to Eat for five years now, so let me tell you what it is. It's a site and also an amazing app created by a family who actually needed it. Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family already loves and uses and meet your dietary needs and everybody, you know, really will eat. And then you just drag and drop those recipes onto a calendar. There's spots for breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, and you can even add notes. So if you have a prep item that needs to be done like the day before for a certain recipe, it will put that on the day before automatically. So it will help remind you that you have things to do the day before and you don't get caught off guard. Things like, hey, take the meat out of the freezer. (laughs) You know, I'm sure none of you have ever done that before. But it also, one of my favorite features, has this amazing shopping list. So it actually takes all the ingredients that you have on all the recipes that you have planned and divides them up between the stores that you typically shop for those items at. So when I go to my little list, it already says, oh, you generally buy your meat at Costco. You generally buy your spices at Safeway. Like it puts it where it's supposed to go, divides it up by category. It makes my shopping so much easier. And then when I get to the store, I never have that panic of, oh no, I forgot my list at home because I always have it with me. And if you plan out way in advance, like I typically tend to like to do, I don't have to think about it over and over again. And even better, I can create menus. 
so I can lock in an entire week and copy it over to another week in the future so I don't have to think about planning it all again. You guys, are you tracking with me here? Are you seeing how amazing this is? Well, if you really want to see how amazing this service is, it's a subscription service, so typically you're going to spend $4.95 a month or $39 a year, which is only 75 cents a week. And they usually include a 30-day free trial with no payment required. You don't have to put in a credit card or anything. But for you ladies, they're giving you 60 days free to try out their amazing service. You've got to go try it out. All you have to do is go to plantoeat.com slash lovely. You can start that 60-day free trial. Really sink your teeth into this Plan to Eat app. You won't look back. It will change your life. So go to plantoeat.com slash lovely. Get your free trial. You're going to love it. I can't wait to hear what you think. Another thing that is just so beautiful about studying nature that as we have just regularly gotten outside together, especially if we're having a bad day, especially if mom's a little irritated or the kids are squabbling is even if we just walk around our block, it helps us to recalibrate. Mm -hmm. It turns, it kind of diverts our attention from whatever the squabbling you know, or if I've been frustrated by, and I usually can't even remember what I was frustrated about by the time we get back from the walk. Um, But it also helps us remember how small we are and how big God is. And you just, as you start to realize and start to study nature and find out how many things you don't know the name to, Mm -hmm. it is so humbling in the best of ways. Yeah. That you can go, oh, God is so big and he created. So why did he create this ant red and made him so big? But that other ant is so teeny tiny, but they're still ants. Isn't that interesting? He's so varied in his ideas. So it's just really, it's been really fun to explore that with my kids because they usually pick up and remember things that I'm like, I I don't remember the name of that. Well, mom, that's a, you know, whatever the thing is, you know, they'll remember it. Well, and it's as you are practicing being an observer and, you know, engaging with nature, I think, you know, I tend to see myself as an indoor girl (laughs) for the most part, but I have really come to realize, especially in the last year, like, oh, when I think though of the, the place that I've, you know, ever been in my life where I felt the most peace and I felt like God was the closest is when I go outside and like specifically, you know, a certain lake or a certain, you know, where you notice all those things like the wind and the trees and the water lapping up on the shore and the different colors of all the rocks. And you see those intricacies of all that God created and that he, one is, you know, (laughs) could think of all of that in the first place, kind of like what you're saying, like he's so infinitely large and has so much ability and control to to create this place for us but when you also see how he made things beautiful Mm -hmm. that mattered to God to create things that were beautiful and I think that we get caught up on Instagram and all these things of like you see all these beautiful things and beautiful lives that people are creating but it can feel like well what's it all for well God valued beauty. 
he mm. he created beauty he created flowers and millions of different shades and forms and everything because he thought that that was beautiful and he invited us into that creative process when he told adam to name the animals mm -hmm. you know and that's i think that's a beautiful and freeing thing for us as women and as moms to put stock in creating beautiful lives for our families and our children when I lived in this, the last house we lived in, there was a woman who was probably in her 70s who would walk around our neighborhood regularly. And then I became friends with the woman that was a couple blocks, houses down from us who was in her 60s. So the woman who was in her 70s who would walk all the time, I was looking at something in our yard and I was like, oh, this is so neat. What is this? And she was like, you know, I just don't, I just don't like plants. <laughs> and I thought, oh man, just yeah, so tragic. Yeah. And it was so contrasted by the woman down the street who we became friends with because she has a fantastic garden. Mm. And she would just invite us to just, I mean, it was like garden tour at once a week, you oh, know, oh, look wow. what's blooming now. Yeah. I got to see my first tiger lily. I got to see what a milkweed plant looks like. Um, I don't know. I just, I got to see a lot of plants that I only really mm -hmm. read about because yeah. she is such a great um, gardener and enjoys that. But it was fun because, you know, you start to transcend the age gap mm -hmm. because of this love of nature. And I, again, I just kept thinking about this woman who just that she just couldn't be bothered with it. Mm -hmm. And why, why is that so sad? I think it's interesting because like I, I recently moved and I'd never really been a person to have plants in my home, but over the past year <laughs> and a half, cause I yes. kill everything. But over the last year and a half, I've had so many people and friends say, Oh, I've really started putting plants in my home and plants make all the difference. And mm -hmm. It, there is something about having plants in your home, even if they are, you know, at the threat of being killed by my black thumb, <laughs> they are, they bring life into a space. Like there's something about that greenery and something growing and living and that now it's like, oh, well, I have this fern. Now I want to learn how to take care of this fern and like make sure that it stays alive. And there's just... I don't know. It, it just really breathes life into a space when I think you, you bring in that nature of the things that God designed himself. Well, um, I'm reading the book Walden by um, Henry Thoreau. It's mm -hmm. about his time. He spent like two years. He built a cabin. He was in his 30s, I guess, single. Built a cabin on Walden Pond. It's this famous naturalist book. But what's been so interesting about it is his references to culture at the time. I think it was like the mid-1800s that he wrote this. Mm -hmm. And he says, well, in the summers, of course, everyone spends all time out, out of doors. <laughs> like, of, like, as a matter of fact, like a matter of course, everybody, of course, is spending yeah. all their time outside. And now I think this is in New England somewhere. So... You know, I'm in the southeast, which yeah. is a little bit warmer in the yeah, summer. a little bit. Um, so we appreciate our climate control. However, what our climate control does is it does separate us from nature. Mm -hmm. 
and we do get to remove ourselves from all the unpleasantries, yeah. the bugs, the super hot, humid, humid days, the super cold, uncomfortable yeah. days, you know. But so that means that we need to be more intentional with our day to orient ourselves to get to know yeah. the, the natural world because we are so removed from it. And it's been more than a hundred years since the industrial revolution. Wow. Since this all started yeah. in a, in a more broad sense of mm-hmm. uh, that more people are not I, in the first world. Right. Yeah. Um, not having to Really? Encounter nature in, in like yeah. a, a real necessity kind of way. Right. Yeah. So I just anyway, I, I I get all excited about it because it speaks to me in a deeper way. It really restores me. Mm-hmm. I know that when I'm not outside regularly, um, I'm missing something. But yeah. I, I'm an outdoor girl, so yeah. But Maybe I think, that's part of it. <laughs> and I, but I think, you know, I'm, I'm not an outdoor girl. I wouldn't yeah. call myself that. But, but I've found more importance of it, especially over the last year and a half as I'm, I'm trying to heal from trauma and a difficult situation and whatnot. And when you can go breathe in that fresh air and, you know, I, even just like from a medical standpoint, I've been reading these things about like how important grounding is that just having your shoes off standing on real earth is actually like good for the elect, like real, not, you know, voodoo, whatever, like the real electrical impulses in our body need to be grounded. I've been reading about that too. Yeah. yeah, And it's so interesting, something we don't normally think about, but it, it can actually be very healing in a very just like straightforward, forward scientific sense that. I think that, you know, a lot of things deteriorate over time as you think you're advancing towards something better. And then you realize like, oh, something simpler actually is right. better. You know, it's like we see with plastics. And we have a lot of uses and a lot of necessity for plastics in our culture, but we also see, oh, there's a lot of toxic things and right. oh, we keep finding new toxic things. And, you oh, know, and yeah. it's like sometimes a glass bottle is just better because you're not going to get all of the toxic whatever that's coming out of the plastic. Right. You know, sometimes just being outside is good for your health. And I, I want my kids, even from these young ages, to have that appreciation for, for why, you know, everything we've been talking about, that nature is beautiful, that God created it for us, that it's good for us to be out there because it helps us just to be grounded, I think, spiritually and physically, because we encounter his creation. And, and it's good to know, like, I always feel like a more smart human when I know like that plant is called whatever, you know? And I think it teaches them to be observers of their, their environment. I think it's just, it's hard to pinpoint exactly like why, why nature study is important. But I think if you start looking at it, there is something about it that's just good for us overall as humans. I would love to underscore your thoughts with um, a scripture from Job 12 that as you were saying that, I was like, oh, that just makes me think of how the animals can teach us. So this is Job 12, 7 through 10, but ask the animals and they will teach you Mm -hmm. or the birds in the 
sky and they will tell you or speak to the earth and it will teach you or let the fish in the sea inform you. Which of all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? Mm. In his hand is the life of every creature and the breath of all mankind. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. <sighs> so. Well, and in a much more ridiculous sense, I probably shouldn't even be bringing this up, but I'm reading a book that's set like back in the 1700s. And it's funny because it comes up like, oh, kids just like understood certain things about right. the birds and the bees yeah. <laughs> because it was like normal. They were exposed to animals and how like they were exposed to birth and they were exposed to things that felt very normal that we, we tend to, you know, it, it, everything has to be a much bigger deal now because people don't just like kind of automatically learn things by being in nature. Well, I think you bring up a really good point. So as I have been just doing nature study with my children, and of course, I, just, I love animals. We actually don't own any right now, but um, I really try to be intentional to talk about boys and girls and to get, you know, the yeah. two and where the, where the baby came from in a, you know, cause I've had six children. Yeah. So my older kids are like starting to wonder, but yeah. it's more just, there's a mommy and a daddy. Oh, so there's a mommy and a daddy cat and my daughter. And of course with like deer, it's really obvious because yeah. they look different. Yeah. The, the mother doe doesn't have antlers and the buck does. And so my daughter came up to me the other day and she was, she's nine and a half and um, she was just kind of talking about it. So there has to be a boy and a girl in order to get a baby, right? And I'm like, yes, that's so mm -hmm. great. Yeah. So, you know, the, that talk is coming very soon and I'm just so glad that it's able to come out more slowly yeah, that everyone is able to just understand this is how God made the world instead yeah. of being like this huge reveal. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, this is just a matter of course. This is just what yeah. happens. Yeah. And you know, we're not a farming family yeah. and a lot of, I know that's a lot of people are getting back to hobby farming and all of that. Yeah. And it is helpful, you know, if you can have friends that do that, but for suburban dwellers, you yeah. know, we really do rely on our books and yeah. Some YouTube videos, yeah. <laughs> you know, look at animals and observe them on there. And yeah. Um, yeah. In real life. I mean, you know, you've, you've yeah. got a lot of kids. I mean, even for, for me, I mean, my, my younger kids obviously don't have the benefit of this. I know some people will be like, you really think that's a benefit, but my older boys were very much exposed to birth and what that was. I mean, they were there. They, sometimes were a little more involved than I would have strictly <laughs> wanted them to be when my six-year-old was told by the midwife, here, come here, Roman, here's the best view. Um, hold on, wait, <laughs> that wasn't exactly what I had in mind. Um, so, but they, they knew that it was just like a normal thing and like, okay, that's how a baby comes out or, you know, that, that part of it was very easy to not have to go into because it just felt like, that's just normal. That's what moms do. You know, it didn't have to be as shocking as I think it probably is for a lot of kids who just, and I'm not ragging on anyone. I'm just saying, 
Well, it just, you have to think about it and be intentional in our culture. And that's just the reality because we're not an agrarian society and we just don't have that available to us. So we have to go, oh, this is kind of an important part of life (laughs) that we just need to remember to talk about because otherwise it's not probably going to come up in conversation Yeah, unless you're, you know, pointing out the animals or, Hey, you know, I don't know, just in your, in your reading or in your life, you know, yeah. oh, that's the bull. The bull has to stay over there. Yeah. <laughs> they can't stay in the pasture with the other cows. Oh, well, yeah. why not? Okay. Well, let's talk about that for a minute. It, yeah. And it's those think- kinds of things that I think just incorporating nature study, it doesn't always have to be that, <laughs> that intense, but as you just naturally yeah, right. incorporate it into your life, those things come up more easily in a way that doesn't have to be like, okay, we need to set aside and have this big talk. I mean, those talks are going to happen. Goodness knows I've, I've had them, but it also just, it's an easier entry point when you are utilizing nature and observing nature and having that be part of your life. Yep, definitely. Well, I just, I love what you are doing. I hope you continue with your series because it's just so beautiful and accessible. I think, especially for parents, if, if you've made it through this whole conversation and you're not a homeschooler, bravo (laughs) to you. Um, but I think that it's a great time of year for, for parents to really easily for not a lot of money, pick up a resource like what you have and be able to do that kind of thing with their kids over the summer give you something to do. That's just a quick thing can be part of your routine as you're going into the summer. And I think it's, you know, just a really fabulous resource and I can't wait to see where you take it. Well, thank you so much. Um, I would love to end with a little quote by Charlotte Mason. Yeah. Um, She says in home education, we were all meant to be naturalists, each mm. degree, and it is inexcusable to live in a world so full of the marvels of plant and animal life and to care for none of these things. Oh, yeah. That's so I'm one. on um, Instagram at Joy Cherick, and you can find my books at naturestudyhacking.com, and I'm hoping to release two more this summer. We'll see oh, fun. if life allows me to do that or not. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Well, and like I said, we will have all the links to where you can find Joy and her resources in our show notes for today's episode. So, well, thank you, Mackenzie. Yeah. So before we end though, we've got a yeah. few questions. Oh, yes, you. yes. So, what does a typical day look like for you? Mm. Well, <laughs> is there it, one? <laughs> well, it just changed because my husband just got a new job. Ah, yeah. So okay. it's our lifestyle has really been adapting to the new work schedule of dad. Mm-hmm. So um, I typically get up between six and seven and I do not usually set an alarm. If I get up with my husband, I I do. And if I, I still am getting up with the baby at night. Yeah, so it just depends so on what happens yeah. at night. Yeah. In a perfect world, I would get up and do my quiet time, but that hasn't really happened the last week or two. So you know how that goes. That's reality, especially with young kids. Yes. And then we just changed our chore chart schedule. So everybody does their chores and um, we eat breakfast and I'm making breakfast right now. And then we set up this system that if everybody gets their chores done, are dressed, 
and have eaten breakfast, then they get their gummy vitamin after <laughs> that. And it's just it's a great reward. It seems so silly, but for the last week, everybody's getting their stuff done and I'm remembering to actually check their work. So yes, maybe the last part is maybe why it's getting done because I'm actually checking it. But the gummy <laughs> is kind of this uh, helping me go, well, yeah. I can't give you the gummy because you haven't done your thing yet. And then we do school. Um, we might go for a walk before the baby takes a nap. I love to go for a short morning walk. It's just dependent on if it's raining or if yeah. she, what time she got up. And then everybody comes in for math and then we do morning time. Our morning time usually takes just about an hour. And okay. then, um, then we're ready for, by the time the baby wakes up, she usually wakes up around 11. Then, and every day is different after 11. Some days I get to work out. Some days we go on a little outing and meet up with friends for lunch. Some days, I don't know. I'm just, I'm so, I have such spring fever right now. Oh, I'm like, I know. Uh, it's really hard to do much past that. Yeah. I interviewed another homeschooling mom the other day and I asked her what her day looked like. And then she called me afterwards. She was like, I didn't even talk about school at all. <laughs> I'm so ready for the year to be done. I forgot yeah. that like, oh yeah, I'm a homeschooler and we're trying to fit that in too. We're supposed to do that too. Yeah. 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 Well, and then again, it's like, ideally I, in the afternoon when the when my the baby goes down around one and sometimes my three-year-old does and sometimes it doesn't go down, mm -hmm. um, I like to check math mm. and set out school for the next day. But sometimes yeah. I push that into the late hours or yeah. the next morning. Um, and I love to have at least a 30-minute period of complete quiet and me mm. laying down either reading or sitting and staring at the ceiling or something. Yeah. Um, just, I, your own mental minute, health. Just a it's minute. So uh, I just need that lay down time to recharge. Yeah. And then everybody after that, we start back on chores. And here right now, this um, the weather is like it's warm midday. So the morning and the evenings are glorious. Mm. So we're kind of more inside when it's hotter. And then I'm yeah. just trying to pick them outside and just be outside. We were working on a, on a garden this week, getting right. a flower bed put in. Oh, that's been so refreshing for me to yeah. get in the dirt like that. Um, You're getting grounded. I'm getting grounded. I didn't yes. even know I was yeah. getting grounded. <laughs> um, yeah, it's so funny. And then dad comes home between six and seven. I'm not sure. Um, and dinner and bedtime and all of those things. But a lot of, you know, running around and playing outside. Sometimes we, you know, run off and run errands or something. But yeah, I don't, I'm not really a big errand runner. That's I'm nice. I'm doing like Walmart pickup and yeah. Amazon delivery. Yes. Like, the greatest how, gifts to modern mothers. Yes. I'm like, how many days can I go without getting in my car? Oh, that's is lovely. Like, I remember those days. It's like a goal. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then you're like, why don't I have any friends? Oh. Yeah. Oh, because I'm totally yeah. isolated. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I keep talking about my neighbors. That's why I have so yeah. many good neighbor friends. 
yeah, <laughs> that's that's good. That's one benefit to the suburban life over. If you're yes, and country. you live in the country, then it's just yeah. like you're just done for. <laughs> that's right. Well, yeah, unless you have, I don't know. Yeah, somebody close enough. Yeah, yeah, who also likes you. Yes, <laughs> that's so. the trick. But yeah, I I love that. That sounds really nice. I remember those days. We actually just recently had our first day where it was like, oh, we don't have to go anywhere today. And that hadn't happened in a year and a half. So it was like, wow, that was really nice. We all enjoyed it. Yeah. Yep. So what is something small you are doing to cultivate loveliness in your life right now? Well, I, I would say just getting outside daily, yeah. um, especially while the weather is glorious. Yeah. I actually love the morning and I love the morning outside. When I was a young girl um, between like 12 and 16, I would work, I worked at a horse farm okay. and I would go every Saturday mornings. I'd get there early and then I, I would do horse shows and we'd have to get out there at like four o'clock in the morning. Wow. But I loved the early morning. It, there's like this crispness in the mm -hmm. air that yeah. it isn't there at other times of day, yeah. even in the summer. So if I can just get outside for a moment and just let the morning air hit my body, yeah, that is refreshing. Yeah. It's just a minute. I mean, yeah. Or, or, you know, if we do go on the walk, it does. I'm like the other day we were going on the walk and I wanted, it was a little bit chilly. So I wanted a coat, but I kind of didn't want a coat because yeah. I wanted the, the air to hit my skin. Yeah. For some yeah. reason. Yeah. No, I know refreshing. that exact, like, I always think of it like specifically when I would go to this summer camp that I went to every year when I was little, it was really the only time that I'd be outside in the early morning because mm. I just wouldn't when I was at home, but we had to be, you know, up and out by 7am and you're on this lake and there's just, right. there's something about that morning yeah. air that it's is magical. It yeah. is. It really is. Oh, that's a, that's a really good one. I like it. Okay. And here I'm doing the scrambling too. I always know this question is coming. It's my show. And yet <laughs> I get here and I'm like, wait, what am I doing to cultivate loveliness? But I will say, I, well, I have a friend, she is coming on the show or she might, by the time your episode goes up, she might be on the show already. Her name is Shell. And, um, she kind of like put it to me. She's going to, help with some of like helping with my kids this summer while I need to work. But she was like, but if I take your kids, you have to come up with some things to do during that time where you're not just working, but you're like recharging yourself. Mm. And she said, I had to come up with a list of four things that I would agree to do, like <laughs> sign this contract that I'm going to take yeah. care of myself also. And, but one of the things Will you share the list, I, I know yeah. I'm still coming up with it. <laughs> okay, but okay. One of the things that, I mean, I, I love to read. And so taking time to read something that isn't for the podcast, that's probably going to be on the list, um, like some fun fiction or something. But I, since we moved, you know, I hadn't really been able to like take a bath to relax or really be in a room by myself to relax for ever really, um, since becoming a mom. And so I have been taking baths and I have just oh. like Epsom salts that I got from Costco. And so in the evening, like once I know everybody's like solidly 
down to bed, I'll put my Epsom salts and my essential oils in the bath. I mean, I might not, I might only be in there for 15 minutes, but it just is like this, like calm down. I'll take a book or I'll set up my laptop and watch Call the Midwife or <laughs> something and just like relax and take the pressure off myself to be doing any other thing that needs to get done and just like relax. And it's been really nice. Yeah. We do have to give ourselves permission to rest. Resting is so important. In Hebrews, it says, strive to enter my rest. Mm. And so there is this work that we do need to do to almost protect it. Yeah. And to work toward it. Yeah. Because after we moved recently, I really felt this like, okay, I'm going to really get after like all these things. I'm going to be working out every day and all this stuff. And my body just hit like a brick wall. And it basically said like, nope, you're not ready for that. Like you have to focus more on rest right now than on all these other crazy things you wanted to do, which is so hard for me when I just want to like push ahead and do all of that. But it, your body doesn't lie to you. <laughs> well, and there's a rhythm and it needs to be with throughout the day, right? Yeah. That we're working and then we're resting. Yeah. And then of course God gives us the Sabbath yeah. that we need to find ways to protect that. I mean, it's yeah. just so easy in our culture. Yes. Um, because as a as a culture, we're not resting on the Sabbath. You know, everything is still, everybody's like, well, my Sabbath is this other day. It's like, well, there is something to community life all having one day that we're all saying, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to rest this day because it just helps everyone find that rest. So now we do just, again, have to be intentional to protect and guard for that rest. So Yeah. yeah, that's a, that's definitely a challenge I can see. Yeah definitely is, but it's, it's important. It's important. You can do it. it. Yes. Yes. Okay. Are you ready for my stock questions? I'm ready. Okay. Candles or essential oil diffuser? Essential oil diffuser. All right. Cloth napkins or paper? I don't really use napkins. All right. I'm against them. Okay. (laughs) We use use paper towels when my mom's over. Does that count? Sure. (laughs) Definitely. All right. City or country? Country. All right. Paper or digital? Mm, a little bit of both. Okay. Shopping. Would you, we've already answered this, but would you rather do it <laughs> online or in the store? Online all day. All right. It's four o'clock or whatever time you're making dinner and you need a mental break. Do you listen to a podcast or music? Nothing. I listen to silence. All right. That totally qualifies. Yeah. Chocolate, milk or dark? Oh, dark. Okay. Sports or no sports? Sports. All right. Live broadcasting. Would you rather broadcast or watch? Um, hmm. uh, I think watch. Okay. What is your favorite movie? Oh, Pride and Prejudice with Keira Knightley. All right. That one is a popular one. For <laughs> I will say. It's, the, it's just it's so great. It's the best Mr. Darcy. I'm sorry. The other oh. Mr. Darcy. I just oh. 
I don't know if I can agree with you on that, but I will, I will just, I will just leave it there. Okay. <laughs> it's controversial. It is. This is so funny because this movie comes up quite a bit and it is very like, I am for the Kira Knightley version or I am for the BBC version. Like people know. Well, exactly. to be fair, I feel like the Mr. Darcy in the Kira Knightley version looks closer to my husband. So that might be. Uh, that might do it. I, that might be what's going on there. Yeah. I just love Colin Firth. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Moving on. Yes. <laughs> if you were to put yourself on the crunchy spec- spectrum where zero is totally not crunchy and 10 is like singing Kumbaya by the fire with your legs unshaven and dreadlocks in your hair, yeah. where are you? I'm probably a seven or an eight. I think I get crunchier every year. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Joy. It was a joy to talk to you. And I just hope that you keep popping out those studies because I think that mamas are really going to like them. Thank you so much for having me, Mackenzie. Yep. Have have a good day. Thanks. You too. Oh, that Joy. She just has such a sweet, kind heart. I love that she had prepared quotes from Anna Botsford Comstock and Charlotte Mason, like all these people that really are so inspirational and so valuable to hear from. And so I hope you guys enjoyed that episode as much as I did. You can find the show notes for this episode by going to boldturquoise.com slash 118. And that's where you can find links to her studies and all that good stuff. So it's all in one place and you can find it really easily. Also, while you're buzzing around the internet, even if you're just doing it on your phone, if you wanted to head over into your podcast app or Apple iTunes and leave us a rating and review, it would make a huge difference for the show. And I've just noticed recently that a whole bunch more of you have had lovely things to say about the show. And I am so blessed to hear those things and so blessed to see how many reviews we have over there. I think it has really helped to keep us in the top 100 on kids and family almost all the time, which I feel like is a huge accomplishment. And I think it helps for iTunes to suggest the show to other people. A lot of times I hear that's how people found the show. And it's really because you guys are leaving those ratings and reviews. So thank you to all of you who had. It makes such a difference. And keep leaving them. If you haven't left your rating and review yet, it'll only take you a couple of minutes. You can head over there and really give the show a lot of support. All right, ladies. Until next week, when I come back with probably one of the most fun conversations I've had in a long time, it was actually just mostly me talking but I'm with my best friend Rebecca for next week's show and we are doing a deep dive into beauty and skincare and you guys a gorilla deep because I've been putting a ton of energy into researching this lately and I think it really comes out in the episode I hope you find it interesting and I would love to have you listen to the episode and then get your feedback and see what other content in that arena you might be interested in hearing about All right, so until then, go be bold and gracious. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 